Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you. We've already had Wayne Gretzky, Hockey Hall of Fame member Kevin Lowe, and uh, Hockey Hall of Fame committee member. Brian Burke on today's edition of Oilers Now. Louis DeBras normally joins us every Thursday in Oilers Now. He'll join us tomorrow, uh, along with Steve Coolius and Jack Michaels, amongst others. Uh, we're going to head off to the River uh, Cree Resort and Casino hotline and welcome back to the show Edmonton sporting icon, George LaRock. George, how you doing? Oh, man, Bob, this is uh, quite the difference. You're going to step down all those all the famers before me, and now it's me. Oh, my God, what a drop of quality. <laughs> well, uh, we got to be able to laugh at ourselves once in a while. You know, George, there's some people out there. You know what? We'll get to this uh, in a second. I just, I know last week we had you on the show and you talked about how much you like playing for Kevin Lowe. You've obviously got to be happy that Kevin's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Oh, he deserves, he deserves to be there. Um, that guy was a warrior. And, uh, you know, just the way that he played and the way that he was. And even I was with him towards this last couple of years in Edmonton. And the way he practiced and the way that he was, that guy, no doubt that he was. And, and, you know, I got to appreciate his game even more while I was at the hospital because I was telling you I was watching the the Allers playoffs. Yeah. And I saw uh, how he was controlling the blue line, how physical he was, how reliable that he was. And, uh, man, everything that guy has done, everywhere he's been, he's, he's been a winner. And he's, he's incredible. And you know what's awesome, too, is that as a rookie, uh, when I tried to make the Oilers, uh, he was my first roommate. He was my first roommate uh, in, in hotel, and uh, I remember he was throwing pillows at me because I was snoring. You couldn't sleep, and uh, that was my <laughs> first experience with him. Uh, it's like, honest to God, he was my roommate, and, and then he went to Belt well after. He said, I cannot be roommates with this guy because he couldn't sleep, and eventually I, I got to have my own room because nobody could be in the same room as me before but uh, you know that's one experience with him that i'll never forget <laughs> oh man i i may know a guy who might be a bit of a snorer who's close to me on the plane on a <laughs> and has guys chuckling on the plane once in a while uh that is that now see i did not know see today that wouldn't happen because after you spend so many years in the nhl you get your own room but you know, going back 20 to 25 years ago, that was not uh, always the uh, uh, the case. That is that is a a funny uh, funny story, George. I don't know if you know this one, but when uh, Kevin Lowe joined the Rangers in New York after Mark Messier was there, the Ranger players were stunned because they were watching a one-on-one compete drill in practice between Kevin and Mark Messier. And they were just kicking the snot out of each other, like hacking each other across the wrist, cross-checking each other at the boards to win puck battles. And the whole team was sitting there, with the exception of the former Oilers, who knew that's how those two guys practiced. They were in shock in terms of the level of the intensity and the commitment that Kevin had in practice. Is that something you saw as well? Why? Well, I'm not surprised. You know, you know. Uh, I remember because I was part of the Aces as a rookie and. And, uh, you know, when you do extra, when you're not playing every game because you're, you're a rookie and, 
and Kevin w wasn't playing every game too because it was towards the end of his career. And there's one guy that didn't want to go in the corner with, even though it was bigger than him, it was him. Because, man, when I went in the corner, the showered, I felt it everywhere. He wasn't scared. He wasn't afraid to back up. And I remember one time, the puck was in the corner, and he was there in front of me, and, and I didn't want to hit him. And he cross-checked me because I didn't hit him. Because he's like, are you kidding me? I'm a hockey player. you got to finish your check. He cross-checked me because I didn't go hard enough on him. And, you know, no D would do that. Most D, they'd be like, oh, you know, it's, you know, a nice rookie doing the veteran move, you know, laying off the veteran. No. When you played with him, you have to go hard with him. And even when he was a coach sometimes, and with did scrimmage an optional game, and he was dressed up with no equipment, he still was going hard. And, and that's the way, that's the way he coached too. When he was coaching, he didn't care about the name in the back of the sweater, how much money you made. You have to play. If you cheated, you knew about it. He played the guys every game that played the hardest. And that's why we won. Uh, uh, we, we made the playoffs and we had a, we, we, we're a team that were known for a grit and a work ethic because of him. So, uh, you know, no, that's the way he coached. That's the way he played. He was always intense from the beginning to the end. Uh, and I have a tremendous respect for him. Yeah, the seventh Oiler player from that Oilers dynasty, the five cups in seven years that's in the uh, NHL Hockey Hall of Fame. We're joined by George LaRock. George, you joke about uh, the fact that, you know, uh, you're on a show with a bunch of Hall of Fame guests today, including Wayne Gretzky and uh, and Mark Messier, or, or Kevin Lowe, and then, you know, you've, you mentioned Mark Messier and Kevin, sort of the, the competition level there. Let me ask you about, about something here, and I mean this in all sincerity, George. Should there be a fighter's category? In the Hockey Hall of Fame. You know, with John Ferguson or Dave the Hammer Schultz, even though I'm personally not a Dave Schultz man, uh, Dave Semenko, uh, Bob Probert, you know, should there, because I can tell you, we spend a lot of time on sports shows and on, on a show called Oilers Now talking about the legendary enforcers of the past. Uh, it'd be a pretty cool category, wouldn't it, George? Well, to be honest with you, uh, the reason why we recognize all the fame is we recognize what they've done to the game, right? And the popularity also. Yes. Well, tell me, and the tough guy you're talking about, like Probert, for example, do anyone have any doubt about his popularity? You know, <laughs> it, it, it is unfair that there's not a category about tough guys because what they've done for the game, the popularity that, that this job brought up, the visibility that this is giving to the NHL, the fact that there's hockey site, the, the website that, invent, that that exists because of that, because of that job, and everybody talks about it. The fact that everybody's on their feet, I do think that it is unfair that it's not recognized because guys like Kamenko, Probert, guys like that, they walk right into it. You know, it's why there's got to be a certain category of guys like, yeah, they're select, the people that are selected, they select few because of their talent. But I think Probert was damn talented to do the job that he did. You know, yes, we didn't have the talent to put to, to have a hat trick every game. But you know what? Most of those guys that were in, in the Hall of Fame they didn't have the talent to do what Probert did. And that's why everybody has their own expertise. And because he was the best of the best in the job that what he's done, I do think he, he, he deserves some recognition. But again, you know, if they've never done it, Bob, I don't think that this is ever going to happen. You're talking about a guy that did this for a living, that's preached for his prior. But, but again, this is a debate that we could have for a long time. But I do think that because he was the best of the best, he should be in the Hall of Fame. George, I remember when Detroit played Edmonton 
in the 87 and 88 playoffs, and they had Probert and Kosher. And the Oilers had some tough guys. Like, they had McSorley, and they had McClellan in 87 and 88. Uh, they had Steve Smith uh, on defense. Uh, Boom was just, he was more sort of a 90-91 guy. But they had, actually, I think Boom might have fought Kosher one of those years in the playoffs. Uh, but, I, I mean, those guys, like, the thing about Bob, like, Kosher was a hard puncher. But Bob Probert had years where he had like 28 or 29 goals and 60 points. Like he was, he was on their first line. Like he could contribute offensively. I think he had like, the one year was unbelievable. He had like 29 goals, 60 points in around 350 penalty minutes. Uh, was that the, was, was Bob Probert when you came in? Even though he was a little bit on the downside at that point, was he still maybe along with Dave Brown, who likewise was getting a little up there in years? Were those a couple of guys that you were like, I'm going to get measured against these guys? Well, I, I was happy that they were towards the end of their career. Because remember, you know, when you're a tough guy, you look at all the stats, you look at everything, you know you know, with the age, it's different. Uh, I'm happy that I've never got to measure those guys while they were in their prime. But, you know, I, and I had tremendous respect for Probert. Like, the reason I fought him in Pittsburgh, uh, in, in Chicago, sorry, is because uh, I uh, I gave it to Mark Jensen pretty bad, one-punched him. And uh, Probert went to the penalty bench and he knocked on the door. He said, you, what can you do? I'm seeing you next, kid. You know, he, he called me on in the penalty bench. He called knocking. Like, it's not my teammates that came to saw me to congratulate me for knocking out Jensen. It's Probert that came and see me knock on the door say, we're going after it, kid. You know, and it was petrifying. But, again, I knew it was the end of his career. So, so you know, it, it wasn't as bad as he was in his prime. But I was petrified the entire five minutes. I was hoping that it was going to be stretched to 20 minutes because I didn't want to come out of the box. When the referee said after a timeout that it was out, I was like, are you sure? Because I didn't want to come out because I knew that I had to go with him after. But, you know, even though it was at the end of his career, the, 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 you know, his name, to, the, to just the prestige of, of finding a guy like that, um, it, it was insane. And, you know, I have so much respect for him, and, and I'm glad that, that it went okay that time when we did. But, uh, man, that guy, what he's done for a job. Because, you know, when I talk about the fact that Willow, we paved the way for me to play in the NHL, well, Bob Probert paved the way for all the tough guys to be recognized. Because the job, the way that he did it, the excitement that he brought, uh, look at all the, 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 look at how every tough guy was treated by the fans and every team after that. Look at the excitement that it brought up. Most people, uh, we have to realize that most fans are blue-collared workers. And who they identify themselves to? The guy that makes time in the year that doesn't sweat, doesn't go in the corner, you'll make five, you'll do five points in the game without sweating and makes time in the year? Or the guy that do the dirty job, goes in the corner, is bad, gets stitches, bad low up, full of ice after the game, gets no recognition. That's the true color fan that are cheering the game, that are looking at the identify to this guy because that's all their fan in Edmonton. They work hard for the money, and then they use and they save some of that money to be able to maybe to go to just one game. But when they do go, you're going to hear them that one game that they go to. So that's why when I look at all that stuff, Robert, what he's done for all of us and the popularity of Top Guy, he needs a lot of recognition. George, in 87-88, Bob Probert had 29 goals, 62 points, 398 penalty minutes, and then in the playoffs. He had 21 points in 16 games for Detroit as they went into the third round against Edmonton. So he could he could play as well. By the way, Mark Jansen's, uh played for Billy Morris with the uh, Regina Pats. Uh, they had Stu Grimson on that team as well. 
But if I recall, was Jan? I mean, Mark Jansen surprised a lot of guys because he was a lefty. He knew how to fight. So if you knocked him out, um, maybe it was lefty against lefty. But uh, he knew. I didn't see him lose too many fights over his career. He was a pretty tough dude back in the day. Uh, yeah, you can you can look it up you can look it up online if you don't believe me. <laughs> oh no no no, I, George, uh, George, <laughs> you're laughing. I know you know. I mean, it just it just he didn't lose too many uh, during uh, during his time. George Lorock joining uh, joining us right now here, Edmonton sporting icon, uh, Kevin Lowe getting into the. Uh, Hockey Hall of Fame, and Ken Holland as a uh, builder. And Ken Holland is now obviously in Edmonton. And, George, I know you care about the Oilers a lot. Uh, you know, you played here for a long time. You got and, and Ken talked a bit about the excitement level with what's here. And maybe the team might have a little bit more than people initially thought because of the progression with Ethan Barron defense and Kyler Yamamoto. This is an exciting time moving forward for the Oilers, isn't it? Well, it, it is. And, and you know... Again, I was so happy when Allen got got nominated because we look what he's done in Detroit. Well, what we have to realize is that when they drafted Zetterberg and that took it, they were not first rounders. So they were they were guys that they drafted through the system and they built them up to to be the franchise players that they became in Detroit. So in terms of drafting and stuff, he could surround himself with pretty good guys. And what he's done in Detroit, he built a culture of winners there. And now he's coming to Edmonton where you already have the core with McDavid and, and Dreisaitl, which is kind of like the core of Zetterberg and Datsuk, right? So I do know that with him, you'll know how to surround those guys so they could like remain a championship team for a long time because that's what we needed it. You know, the, the stuff that happened in the past with some of the gym, they made some bad, some bad decisions. But now with him, with the experience that he has, and how how he's going to turn this around? You know, he picked Edmonton because he wanted to continue his legacy. He's wanted because a guy like that, when you leave Detroit, you don't want to go to a place where you think you have no chance of winning again because he's tasted it and he knows that he can do it again. And what's best than to go to a team that you have two of the best centers in the NHL? The team is built around that, and then just with this, you know that you could win. So. It's much easier for him to build guys around those two guys. And I know that, you know, there was some dark years after the, the year that we lost to the Stanley Cup final. But, but now I think that for the next 10 years, with this team that we have, the young cores of talent they have, eyes closed, it's a guaranteed playoff team the next 10 years and at least one cup in those years because the others are not that far off. I told you the other day, I think we're one goaltender away to go really, really, really far into the playoffs. It's such an important position. And, uh, you know, and I have trust in the Ds that are there right now that, that are building up confidence. And, and you know, you look at the guys that, that and some role players that are doing much better now playing up front. So, and Cassian that turned his careers around and is an important part of the team. So I do think that they're in the right direction. And with Allen, um, you know, this team is going to, is going to be a, a, a team that no one's going to be able to reckon with in the West uh, pretty soon. Edmonton sporting icon George LaRock joining us, Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. George, one final question. We know the players at some point here are going to be voting on stage four. You've gone through COVID. Uh, it's challenging. Uh, I know there's some concerns about what's going on in Vegas, but we're told Vegas is going to be able to completely lock that situation down. Um, you know, uh, there's big money lost if we don't have a conclusion, at least in the playoffs of the season, and it could affect things moving forward uh, for the players. But I'm going to ask you point blank, and if you can answer in a minute or less, 
which is about as much time as it took me to make this question up. Would you want? Would you want to play? Would you want to play? Come back and play right now, or would you want the rest of the summer off and maybe wait until December, January next year? The reason why I would want to play, uh, Bob, is because I would miss hockey too much, and because I know that the season is not going to start. Uh, in uh, September and October because think about it there's no owner that wants to play a regular season with no fans because they have to honor the salary full salary so we know the, the NHL is going to try to push the season as far as they can until the, the government agrees that there's 20,000 people in the stand and this is not going to happen until January or February so it's going to be a short season so knowing that there's going to be a short season if we don't play this year you're not going to play till February so that's too far off so that's why I would want to play now, knowing that the season is not going to start on time because we all going to, the league, the, the amount of game will be decided to when the league will be about allowed to play games with fans in the stands because we don't have the TV rights like the NFL that pays the salary of all the players with their revenue. So because of that, we have the mercy of the government. So because I know it's going to be pushed back so far, I would want to play hockey now because... God knows I would have to wait a long time to play hockey again, so better, like, better now than, than too late. George, as always, we appreciate your time. We'll hook up next week, okay? Awesome, brother. Thanks a lot. That is George LaRock, uh, who has got many fans here in the Edmonton market. It's 151 in Edmonton. We'll tell you Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. And now Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stoffer recommendation, Mediterranean chicken. It's 151 in Edmonton. You're listening to Winners Now. Is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. It's 154 in Edmonton. Bruce Chris Steakhouse, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open from Wednesday through Sunday, 5 p.m. until close. Roos Chris in Edmonton, the 99th. Roos Chris is part of the uh, Roos Chris chain in a city where number 99 made it famous, and it's at 9990 Jasper Avenue. Roos Chris, tell them Oilers now sent you. To this day in Oilers history, Taylor Hall goes number one back in 2010. Full disclosure, uh, before we got in the situation with the pandemic, had the cap gone up to 88 or $87 million, I would have been all day on board with taking a run at Taylor Hall in free agency. Um, and I, I, I feel bad for Taylor because he's going to be one of the guys that's going to get squeezed as a result of what is occurring uh, with the pandemic. Might be better off, and we might see this. This is going to be a theme maybe for one day, just on the UFAs potentially looking at short-term deals and then recalibrating once we have a better idea where we're going to be financially moving forward. But uh, uh, the guy uh, won the Hart Trophy in 2017-18. Looks like Leon Dreisaitl's got a good chance to win it this year. Was a very good player for the Edmonton Oilers, an excellent player for a number of years. Tomorrow we'll have Steve uh, Coulias from the NHL uh, Radio Network, along with Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey and Rogers, my broadcast partner Jack Michaels as well. We're working on at least one other guest tonight. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. 
Great guy out of Vancouver, former PR director for the uh, Florida Panthers, Thomas Drantz from The Athletic. Pat Steinberg from down in Calgary at Sportsnet 960. And former uh, Eskimo uh, receiver Fred Stamps on being on the ballot for the CFL's All-Decade team. So long, everybody, and have a terrific Thursday. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched.